1: the sideline 50,
3: 45, 40, there he goes, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Britt Cubby, 78 yards, Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field, this is gonna be a home run, unbelievable, a home run for Gibson, I don't believe what I just saw, I don't believe what I just saw. Russell will
4: inbound at half court. Uh-oh. Stockton, open, three, hit! <laughs> John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA final.
1: Robbie Russell now, with a chance to send RSL home as Cup champions. Saunders on his line. Russell
3: approaches. And puts it away! RSL on the 2000 2003- Champions! A championship for Salt Lake City! This is the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Here's the three time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year and Voice of the Utes, Bill Riley, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: Hey there, good morning, welcome in. It's a Thursday edition of The Bill Riley Show coming to you live from our downtown Broadway media studios right here on ESPN 700 and 92.1 FM. If you guys have not taken note yet, we are indeed on the FM dial as well. You can listen to us anywhere in the Salt Lake Valley on 921 FM and beyond. And, of course, our 50,000-watt blowtorch that is ESPN 700 on the app, the ESPN 700 app. And, by the way, if any of you were having a few issues with the app this morning, no biggie, not on your end. Uh, the people, the company that runs our apps, was doing some upgrades this morning on them and updates. And so it should be back and normal again. So if you're listening in on the app, thank you for doing that. Sh- the trouble should be done and gone. And, of course, listening on the stream at ESPN700sports.com. It is a Thursday, and much like last Thursday was college football Christmas, today is National Football League Christmas. As the NFL kicks off its season, fantasy footballers, gamblers, and football fans alike rejoice, because we've got NFL football now. So our Saturdays are covered with college, and our Sundays are covered with the National Football League. So... Without a doubt, it is the best time of year to be a football fan. And tonight, the National Football League gets going. Oh, there it is. A little NFL films for you today. Keep that rolling underneath me, Leaf. I love the NFL. I do. I love everything about the NFL, the games, the players, the pageantry, NFL films, John Facenda, the soundtrack to NFL films, which this is a part of, which by the way, you can find online, it's awesome, I had it in CD many years ago, and now I've got it on my phone, you can find it, oh, it's so good, Kansas City, my team, the Chiefs tonight, Open up play and open up the season. They'll hang the Super Bowl banner in Kansas City tonight as they play the Detroit Lions on Thursday night football. Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites. By the way, we're going to have that game for you right here on ESPN 700 at 6 o'clock. As soon as Spence wraps up his show today, we send it right to Westwood 1, right to Arrowhead Stadium, right to Kevin Harlan. Oh, my guy, Kevin Harlan. And Kurt Warner will have the call tonight of the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Lions are the trendy pick this year in the NFL. Dan Campbell, got him ready to go. Can they make that jump to the playoffs? And, of course, Kansas City, the trendy pick to repeat his Super Bowl champions. Will they have Travis Kelsey tonight? Will 87 suit up after hyperextending his knee on Tuesday? Is Chris Jones ever going to settle his contract dispute with the Kansas City Chiefs? Will the banner go up? Will it be on TV tonight? All of it right there. Should be great. You can listen to it here, watch it on NBC tonight. Collinsworth and Tarico will have the call as the Chiefs and Lions go at it. Set your fantasy football lineups. And if you're betting on it, Kansas City a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under set at about 52-and-a-half. I probably feel better about the over than I do about the actual line on the game. Detroit's got a good offense now. Jared Goff, who threw five interceptions as a senior at Cal here in Salt Lake City, is I think, kind of found a home now in Detroit. Got a good offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. Got some good weapons around him. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is the best of the best in the National Football League. So I'm I'm excited. I couldn't be more excited about the season coming up. I don't know about you guys. I know a lot of people tell me all the time, Hey, Bill, I love college football, but I don't love the pros. And that kind of perplexes me. I mean, if, if I, I can understand liking one more than maybe the other. I can get that. I can get behind that. Maybe pull that down just a touch, Lee. Just a touch. I want it underneath me, though, because the NFL Films music fires me up. But I don't understand not liking the NFL. It is the greatest... Form of football there is it is the best 900 players in the world it is I love college football don't get me wrong I love the pageantry I love game day I love being part of it but if we're just talking about purely football man there's nothing better than the NFL everybody is an all-american in the NFL everybody is the best of the best in the NFL the level of play the speed the athleticism the skill all of it on display every week and you can watch every game too that's the beauty of it youtube tv now has the red zone and the sunday ticket i'm a red zone guy myself i'm a scott hansen red zone guy myself i had the sunday ticket for a long time but it was too much you pay so much money and you really just want to see one game it's a lot of money to pay red zone's great because they bounce around to every game seven hours of uninterrupted commercial free coverage i love it and now that the chiefs are good they're on a lot of national games so i don't really need to spend the money for the sunday ticket either anyway i couldn't be more excited i couldn't be more excited to go to waco coming up on saturday in fact i'll be traveling tomorrow porter larson will be at the new holiday oil location that's opening up doing the show tomorrow uh and i'll be traveling but i can't wait to get down there man I just, I can't wait to get down there to call that game. But I can't wait to watch the Chiefs tonight, and I can't wait to get home on Sunday and watch a full slate of NFL games on Sunday on the Red Zone channel. Yeah! Play my fantasy football, which, by the way, I'm going to win the league this year. No doubt about that. Be my first league championship. My first pick, Jamar Chase. My second pick, Josh Allen, the other night. I'm feeling good about my team. Got my lineup set for the weekend. Jordan I'm coming for you in week one so I'm fired up last week was like college football Christmas today's NFL football and it's the NFL football Christmas as well but again if you love football you should love today and I don't get the people that love college but don't love the NFL I understand sometimes there's politics and things like that but if you're just talking about the game itself man you cannot beat the NFL the product is so very good So we'll talk about it today. If you guys want to sound off on anything, the text line's open to you at 877 353 That text line brought to you by the Dish Pros. We'll talk some NFL football today. We'll talk plenty of college football today as well. Cam Rising will come by in a little less than an hour. We'll have our conversation with Cam here on the Bill Riley Show today. Eric Weddle will come by. We'll talk pro and college football with Eric Weddle. Our good friend Sean O'Connell will come by as well. OC, always good to catch up with him and My friend Blair Kirkhoff, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs, and he covered the Big 12 Conference for an awfully long time, too, will come by and talk some football with us here in about 20, 25 minutes as well. If you want to have yourself sound off today on college football, on pro football, your love of one, the other, or both. If you don't like pro football, what is it you don't like about pro football? I'm just talking about watching the product on the field. Most people don't go to games. Most people don't go to NFL games, especially in this market. But if you just love football, can't you love both? It's not a black and white issue. It may be chocolate and vanilla when it comes to ice cream, but I like both. I'll get a little scoop of chocolate, a little scoop of vanilla, and enjoy both those things. You can enjoy one more than the other, but I don't understand people that don't like both. I just like to watch the best of the best. And the NFL is the absolute best of the best. So feel free to sound off of the program today, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. And we'll go in that direction. Leaf, you can can pull this down for just a minute, but I do want you to find the NFL Films Autumn Wind. Find that on there and play that. Let me know when you've got it ready because um, there are so many things that I love about the NFL and NFL Films, and the soundtrack is one of them. But there's nothing better than the autumn wind. And you'll hear what that is. Most of you have known it and heard it if you're a football fan in the past. We can get to that coming up. But that, that will really get me in the mood for some pro football tonight. Despite, despite the team that it, it features in autumn wind, it will it, it still gets me fired up. So anyway, good to have you in today. I'm um, having a good Thursday. Hope you're having a good Thursday, too. Opening segment of this show, always brought to you by our friends at Reed Medical. Dr. Justin Johnson and the good folks at ReMedical want to help you out. And whether you're a man or a woman, uh, they can help you out with all of your sexual wellness at ReMedical. find them online at ReMedical.com. We'll give away some state fair tickets today and uh, also give away some tickets to see Travis Scott in concert uh, down at the Delta Center coming up in November. All right, the latest on football, uh, Utah Baylor coming up Saturday. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 700, 10 a.m. start time, 6 a.m., for the pregame show, Porter Larson and Nate, uh, Nate Orchard will have that. Utah is now an eight-point favorite in that game. They opened at about six and a half. They jumped to seven and a half. Now they're at about an eight-point favorite. Though the interesting thing is, we still don't know who's going to play quarterback for Utah. We don't know yet if it's going to be Cam Rising, if it's going to be Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson. But the odds makers, I think, saw what a lot of us saw that watched it. That was Baylor was really bad in week one i expect to be better in week two i do how much better can you be from week one to week two i guess we'll find out on saturday just questions i have about the game you know can utah run the football they ran for 105 yards last week but 49 of the 105 yards came on two long nate johnson runs a 27 yard touchdown and a 21 yard scramble can they consistently run it with jaquindon jackson and jalen glover and the rest of that running back crew. That's what we'll find out. And what do we expect to see from the backup quarterback from Baylor, Sawyer Robertson? I'm curious about that as well. He's a backup quarterback who transferred from Mississippi State, who didn't put up many numbers in cleanup duty there, and last week was just okay when he came off the bench for Blake Shapin. So what do we expect there? I'll give you my Les Olsen IT solutions, keys and solutions to a Utah win a little bit later on as well on the program. Uh, right here on ESPN 700. Do you, do you have that ready to go, Leaf? Okay. This, to me, is the quintessential NFL films get you ready for football. Now, it may not play as well on a 90-degree early September, Thursday, but just close your eyes for a minute and tell me that this doesn't get you excited for football. Go ahead and cue it up.
3: The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, With a rollicking song he sweeps along, Swaggering voicelessly, His face is weather-beaten, He wears a hooded sash, With a silver hat about his head, And a bristling black mustache, He growls as he storms the country, A villain big and bold, And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won.
1: Is that it? Oh, keep it playing. I can hear it now. There we go. Tell me that doesn't just say football right there. That's, of course, about the Oakland Raiders. I think about my friend who I got a chance to work with a number of times. Who used to come on my show many years ago, Todd Christensen, when I hear that. And uh, he was a Raider through and through. But that that, to me, feels like football more than anything else. That is quintessential NFL films, and it just feels like football. Anyway... Thank you for indulging me on this Thursday. I'm excited for the NFL. I'm excited to see my Chiefs. I'm excited to go to Waco, Texas and call a game this weekend. And we'll have football Thursday night tonight with the Chiefs and uh, Detroit Lions. We'll have Saturday football with the Utes coming up all day Sunday, all night Monday. We are your home. We are your home for the NFL and the college football right here on ESPN 700. So. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in today, and thanks for being part of this show. We'll have some good guests coming up. Some text messages on the text line here. Hey, Bill, I like college mainly more because I'm from Utah. and never had a pro team to call until I moved to NorCal and adopted the Niners as my team. I just love football overall, though, and I'm happy that we have football all weekend from here on out. No, no, no. To be very clear, I'm not saying anybody should. I, I just say you can love both. You can love one more than the other, yeah. If you've got an attachment to a team, sure. But, but I'm saying is I don't understand people that say they love college football but they can't stand the NFL. To me, great football is great football, and if you love football, you love football. Eight seven seven three five three zero seven hundred. Get you in and on board the on the Bill Riley show. It says text message here. Bill, have you seen the documentary on Johnny Manziel? Maybe you realize how much of a bust he was in the NFL. Yeah, I, it, I I've talked about this. It, it was. I don't know what the point of the documentary on Johnny Manziel was, except it was kind of a puff piece to remind us Johnny Manziel existed. He hasn't turned his life around. He's still the same guy today that he was at Texas A&M and with the Browns, too. Um, nobody looked good, I didn't think, coming out of that documentary. I think everybody that participated in it looked bad. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and I've watched two episodes of the uh, Swamp Kings, and it's basically sports washing on the Urban Meyer era. They don't go into anything that really happened in that. I mean, they, they address some of the stuff, but they don't get to the true heart of the story there. Anyway, um, I love good documentaries, and i watched them, but I came away from the Donnie Manzel and the Swamp Kings going, you didn't really tell me anything here. I knew much more than this already. Uh, text message. I like the NFL not as much as college. I'm not attached to an NFL team like my college team, but I follow NFL players more than teams. Again, not saying you have to love one or the other. I don't understand people that say they love college football, but, boy, I don't watch the NFL. I love the NFL. I always say I'd rather watch a random NFL game than a random college game, but I'd rather be at any college game over an NFL game because the atmosphere is so much better. Text message, hey, Bill, I'm a Utah fan and an NFL fan. I watch the Utah and a few plays here and there from other college teams. I've watched college games last week, reminded why the NFL – is so far superior. 32 teams, NFL eligible playoffs, uh, college, uh, maybe 20 teams would be allowed in the playoffs. Red zone channel fantasy football make the NFL better too. The draft, the preseason, kickoff weekend. It's why the NFL is king. Yes, the NFL is king. I love college football, and I hope one day we can get to a point where maybe we have fantasy there and stuff too, but I. The NFL is king, but I love college football and being at college football so much more than I like being at an NFL game. Text message, hey, Bill, was that John Facenda? It was indeed the great John Facenda. Do you know the story behind John Facenda? The reason he got to be the voice of NFL films and the NFL, the Sables were based in uh, southern New Jersey just outside of Philadelphia, and they needed somebody to come in and do it. John Facenda was a newsman that did the nightly news in Philadelphia. He didn't know anything about football or sports. They wrote all the scripts out for John. All John did was come in and read them at the Sables' house and then what came turned out to be NFL Films' headquarters. Yeah, Ed and, and Steve Sables stumbled upon him because they saw him on the news every night and asked him if he'd come do the, put his voice to stuff. And the rest is history. Text message, hey Bill, love all levels of football. Check this weekend uh, out in October, heading back home to Indiana to take the boy back for a weekend at first, watching my first my, my high school play Friday night, Valparaiso, going to see Notre Dame Saturday watching the Vikings and Bears on Sunday and then hitting the game, hitting, uh, game a, a, after the game hitting midway for, that's a great weekend. That is a great weekend of college football or a football period. So yeah, high school, college, pro, it's all great. Text message, love all football, but lean more towards the NFL. Huge Lions fan from before Barry played there. Andre Ware got me hooked on the team. Not Scott Mitchell. Come on now. Text message, hey, Bill, Swamp Kings was a puff piece. Yes, it was. It was almost as if Urban directed that. There wasn't much negative, and there was a lot negative going on there. There was a reason why it took a nosedive. Uh, Merry Christmas, Bill, says the texter. I love football. I may love college a bit more than the pro. Diehard Ute fan, go Utes. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I love them both equally. I love college football and pro football equally. I love the television experience of the NFL. And I love the in-game, in-person experience of college football. Nothing beats it. Text message. Most weeks, I don't have time for the NFL on Sunday. Okay. That doesn't mean you don't like the NFL, but you make time for it when you can. I get it. By the way, it's on all day. I mean, it starts at 11 a.m. and goes to almost 10 o'clock at night. There's probably some window in there you could probably fit a little in. And they play on Thursdays and Mondays, too. Text message, hey, Bill, I enjoy college football more than the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the NFL, but mainly because we don't have a connection for an NFL team in Utah. Hopefully that changes. What do you think? Probably not going to get an NFL team here. Not any time in the foreseeable future. Baseball and hockey are more likely to come to Utah than the NFL is. The NFL is not going to expand unless it absolutely has to, unless it's going to do it for a reason. Meaning that there's there's a lot more money in it and the level of play doesn't drop. 32 teams is a lot of football teams. And remember, the NFL and and football, American football is not a worldwide sport. The, the pool of talent that you draw from is really domestic. You know, soccer and basketball, they can and even baseball, too, can draw from such a larger pool of talent. It's a game and a sport that's played all over the world. Football is really, at the heart of it, an American sport through and through. And it's been around over 100 years, and it's really not caught on anywhere else. That's why it's in many ways, don't tell Dale Murphy I said this, America's pastime. Text message. Hey, Bill, I hear a lot of people on the radio saying Deion Sanders has turned Colorado around. Put the brakes on that. They won one game. Yeah, we've talked about this. They, they get all the credit in the world for the way they looked and the way they played in the first week. But it's a long football season. Let's see what happens this week, bit by bit. But they're, they're on a good path. They're far ahead of where I thought they would be at this point myself. Text message, hey Bill, love the NFL, so excited, go Lions. That's like three Lions fans that have texted in here, and I know none of those text messages are coming from Scott Mitchell because I know Scott's number. I didn't realize we had so many Lions fans here in the state of Utah. 877 353 Text message, love the Utes, love college, NFL lost me when they started kneeling for the anthem, haven't come back. Just I'm not talking about the politics, I'm not talking about anything outside of it, I'm talking watching a game of football. I'm not talking about anything else but the game itself and watching the game. Text message, hey Bill, love college football, a little more than the NFL, but I always have been a huge Dallas Cowboys fan throughout my life. America's team. A lot of people glommed onto the Cowboys when they didn't have one. They were on TV every week. That made it easy for sure. Text message I love football, but I really only care about the Broncos and the Utes. Fantasy football makes the NFL a little bit more fun. Of course it does. You want to talk about things that have taken the NFL and why the NFL is king? There's a number of reasons why. Don't kid yourself. Gambling's a big reason why, but fantasy football is a huge reason why the NFL is king. Hey, Bill, I'm a diehard college football fan. Love Georgia. I'm not a Utes fan anymore since my dad's been passed away, but I do love Georgia. They play good football, about to be three-time champions. I love the Chiefs, diehard fan. Chiefs love. Uh, and the Bulldogs don't think Utah will ever win a championship. Go, Dogs, Utah isn't that good. Ha-ha. They're pretty good. Don't get too big for your britches, Georgia fan. I'm old enough to remember it's been a long time until the last couple of years. But Kirby's done a great job with that program. He really has. One more text and we'll break. Blair Kirkhoff going to join us on the other side here. Hey, Bill, love your show. Yesterday we were talking about stadiums to go broadcast at. I think you're going to love Morgantown, West Virginia. As for the fans here, Morgantown's only about 35 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. Go West Virginia. Go Seahawks. Go Huskies. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day. Yeah. I've never been to Morgantown. I've been to Pittsburgh. I had my one of my good uncles that I, that I loved to death lived in Morgantown, said it was a great town. Unlike Ray Anderson, the athletic director at uh, Arizona State, I'm looking forward to a trip to the uh, to Morgantown. Text message. You're just saying that the NFL is a better product, Of course it is pro it's pro versus professional the players are the product and it's better everything else about that's isn't that what i said i said i love watching the college of the pro game because it's the best of the best of the best but i love the atmosphere and environment of college football and being at those games so much more nfl stadiums are fine there's a handful of them like arrowhead in kansas city lambeau field heinz field in pittsburgh uh, I think lumen field up in seattle 's kind of that way too that they kind of have almost a collegiate vibe about them, but most pro stadiums are pretty uh, pretty eh, pretty pretty the same if that makes sense pretty cookie cutter if that makes sense anyway gotta take a break um If you want, by the way, to win a pair of State Fair tickets to the Utah State Fair, text keyword PARADE right now to 33986. That's text keyword PARADE to 33986. You'll be entered to win a pair of tickets to the Utah State Fair. We'll have keywords every hour, all week long. State Fair gets going today, by the way. Today through the 17th at the Utah State Fairgrounds. You know what else is coming up? In about a month, in fact, a little less than a month, Frozen Fury is coming back to the Delta Center. The L.A. Kings and the San Jose Sharks are coming back. You can get your tickets at the Delta Center ticket box office or online. But if you love the hockey and you love pro hockey and you love the highest level of hockey, it's a preseason game, I get it. But it's still great to see those guys out on the ice. And they'll be back at the Delta Center for Frozen Fury coming up in early October. And it'll be the Sharks and the Kings. Go to DeltaCenter.com or the Delta Center box office to get your tickets. The Frozen Fury. All right, coming back on the other side, we'll talk a little pro and college football. My good buddy Blair Kirkhoff, who has covered the Big 12 forever. and the last couple of years, he's been on the Chiefs beat for the Kansas City Star. He'll join us from Kansas City. He'll be at Arrowhead Stadium tonight for the kickoff of the NFL season. We'll talk about it next. Cam
3: Rising in about 35 minutes right here on ESPN 700. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. You're listening to the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This is the Bill Riley Show presented by Les Schwab Tires on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, halfway
1: through the first hour on this Thursday, Utah quarterback Cam Rising. We'll get an update from him in about a half hour or so. Uh, Eric Weddle in the 1 o'clock hour and Sean O'Connell as well today. Uh, as we get you tuned up for the weekend a little bit later tonight after the uh, afternoon drive show with Spence is done we'll have uh, uh, Thursday night football from Kansas City Chiefs and Lions as part of our Westwood One coverage later tonight it's right here on ESPN 700 my next guest will be there covering uh, for the Kansas City Star tonight as the Chiefs open up as defending Super Bowl champions they'll hang the banner tonight but uh, how will they be will Travis Kelsey be playing for Kansas City fantasy football owners want to know that and will Chris Jones ever play for Kansas City? Blair Kirkhoff, longtime Kansas City sports writer. We'll probably talk a little college with Blair here in a minute, too, but covering the Chiefs' beat tonight. How are you, BK? Great, Bill. How, are you, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, preparing myself for a trip to the oven that is McLean Stadium in Waco tomorrow. It will be a nice, warm 105 degrees uh, on Saturday for the uh, Utes and the Baylor Bears, but. Uh, I'm excited to see my hometown team kick it off tonight. What's the vibe in Kansas? Is it a re, is it a red Thursday in Kansas City?
4: It is a. It was a red Wednesday, uh, and it has uh, you know bled into a red Thursday. So yeah, in fact, as I'm driving, I can see um, uh, a blimp overhead. So you know, it's a big deal. The blimps in town, and uh, yeah, NFL first of 272 nfl games in kansas city tonight
1: you know it's weird the blimp used to be like the biggest deal in town the old goodyear blimp i don't feel like i see it as much anymore it's like occasionally but yeah i guess i wonder where they flew this one in i know one's based out in long beach i wonder where they brought this blimp in from
4: yeah i don't know but there's also a nascar race here sunday so i might be hanging
1: around for a few days man big weekend in kansas city out at the legends and down at uh down at the truman sports complex so kansas city vegas has him as odds-on favorite blair uh give me a reason why they should repeat give me a reason why they won't repeat yeah well uh
4: probably easier to start with why they won't it hasn't happened in the NFL in 20 years right since the Patriots did it back in was it 0304 something like that it's it's so difficult to do I mean you know I was looking this up I didn't realize there were more NFL games decided by seven or fewer points last year than any other season in NFL history so there's so many toss-up games in the regular season that the you know the difference between going fourteen and three, which is what the Chiefs did last year, and you know and, and missing the playoffs, you know having three or four of those games go the other way and miss the playoffs is so fine. So you know just because it's the nature of the beast um, that it, it's difficult to repeat. Why they will? Well, you start with the generational quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I I, I truly believe there's he, he is a cut above. Uh, he is on tier one and maybe by himself on Tier 1 when it comes to the NFL quarterbacks. I love Joe Burrow. I love Justin Herbert. I like the prospect of Lamar Jackson coming back strong. Jalen Hurts had the great Super Bowl last season. But I just think Patrick Mahomes makes that much difference.
1: What's he like to cover day in and day out? The NFL's a little different than, say, the NBA or Major League Baseball, but you're around them three, four days a week. I mean, as you mentioned, he is a generational talent, and he is a superstar of superstars. He's got the commercials. When you say Patrick Mahomes, people that aren't sports fans know or recognize Patrick Mahomes. That's how he kind of transcends just the sport itself. So, so you know, he's twenty-seven years old. How's he carry himself? Right. What's he like to be around on a day-in and day-out basis when you guys cover him in KC? Well, I'll tell you
4: what. I, you know, I guess. It, You're going to get some hometown bias here. Uh, of course, I'm speaking to someone who has hometown bias as well. So, um, hey, he is, uh, he is as genuine as they come. I I really mean that. That doesn't mean he, you know, he, um, he can't go out to restaurants anymore, not without calling ahead and either reserving a room or, you know, coming after hours, that type of thing. That, those days have passed. Even, even in a place that's, you know, Midwestern and, laid back like kansas city you can't just uh when you reach the status he has you, you just can't uh you know show up in public and expect to be left alone that doesn't happen anymore but you know when, when he works with the media and and, and is it at press conferences he, he he answers questions completely and um you know that's the best for me the best way to judge is you know how do you how do you deal with the people that you don't really need? And media certainly would fall under that category for him. I, I think he does a great job with that. He is, um, you know, front and center with his charity, and I think we got a pretty good glimpse of his competitiveness at the uh, in, in the Netflix series Quarterbacks this summer, and you know how he really hurt himself in that first playoff game against Jacksonville, and and, and absolutely did not want to come out and. Uh, it ended up coming not only not coming out, but played the second half and went on to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, we were talking about this as a group the other day. Other sports writers, he's had one terrible half of football in his life, and that, or at least his pro life, and that was the second half of the AFC title game two years ago against the Bengals. And um, and other than that, you know, I just can't think of a of a bad overall game that he's played, and that's just. Um, You know, if if you're a Kansas City sports fan, you grew up rooting for the Royals and the Chiefs and and the local colleges, there really hasn't been anybody quite like this uh, to come along. George Brett was a superstar and a Hall of Famer and all that, but that was in the era before social media, and I think it's different now. Uh, Mahomes handles all of his responsibilities just as well as you can ask.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, when I first got here to Salt Lake City, I, you know, Jerry Sloan was the head coach here with the Utah Jazz, and, and you meet with the media before games, after games, do all this. One of the things I always loved about Jerry Sloan was he treated everybody the same, answered questions at press conferences the same, whether you were with the Davis County Clipper. Or you were with ESPN or TNT, Jerry didn't care. He treated everybody with respect and answered questions the same way to everybody. And it, it, you always like to hear that because not everybody does that. You and I both know that. Not everybody does that. And it's really, especially in this day and age, uh, refreshing to hear that a superstar like Mahomes does the same thing.
4: Yeah, and listen, it's not to say that things can't change. He really is only, uh, he's only been a starter for five years. And as you mentioned, he's only 27 years old. But, um he shows no signs of being that standoffish kind of kind of athlete or snarky he just doesn't seem to have it's not part of his dna and we know other athletes like that and guys that you you know if people in our profession you you have to go interview you have to go talk to them but you don't look forward to it I, no matter how you know how big a star they are but Mahomes home doesn't like that he, he really isn't uh Handles his business, like I said, about as well as I've seen any athlete handle his
1: business. Talking to Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star, longtime college football writer. We're going to talk to him about that in a second. But I want to ask you about Kelsey and Jones, two different stories. Kelsey may or may not play tonight. They say game-time decision. Uh, inkling sense, any vibe around the facility over the last couple of days, or will, will it literally be he'll see how it goes in warm-ups?
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. We're, we'll all be kind of glued to the, to the glass in the press box about two and a half hours before the game. Cause he'll come out, he'll come out in the, uh, you know, it's warm here today. It's about 85 at kickoff, I think. He'll come out in a t-shirt and shorts and, and test it. Um, so no sense. I know his brother, Jason, the, you know, who, who operates the, 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 New Heights podcast with, 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 uh, Travis, that he, he felt like Travis would play tonight. And I've, I've seen some other reports that suggest otherwise. Nobody knows. Don't listen to. It. Don't read into anything. Nobody knows until he tests it out on the field before the game. I would not be surprised if he didn't play. On one hand, on the other, he he missed he's missed one game in the last several years for something other than it was a final game of the season. The Chiefs already had their playoff position uh, wrapped up, and that was because of a because of COVID. It was in the COVID year, and he missed a game late in the season. So. Um, so he just doesn't miss games because of injury. But it's the first game. It's a long season. I don't think you want to have a, a chronic knee injury, a nagging knee injury. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't play tonight. And that 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 would hurt the Chiefs. We know it's hurt them in the betting line already. They've gone from a six-and-a-half-point favorite at the beginning of the week to down to four-and-a-half now, and that's all based on the Kelsey news.
1: Uh, so maybe or maybe not on Kelsey, certainly not going to be unless there's some sort of movie-like script where he runs out of the tunnel but chris jones not likely to play tonight either uh any sense on where the chiefs and jones are with the contract blair
4: well it's funny we got to talk to chris jones yesterday his first public comments um since i don't know probably the parade back in february he, he was in town for a charitable event and he actually uh spoke to the media for about 10 minutes about uh, five minutes i'd say and he wasn't specific, you know, he just said he wanted a raise and, uh, just doing what he has to do. It's just, it's a business and, you know, still loves the Chiefs and can envision himself playing his career and his entire career in Kansas City. But now uh, he's going to be at the game tonight. He, he's not going to be in uniform, but he'll be at the game somewhere. And I'm sure the first time Jared Goff has about 10 seconds to throw, the cameras will <laughs> find Chris Jones and, and, uh, and, and everybody will see him in his, uh, whatever he's wearing tonight.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Although, the one thing as a Chiefs fan, and also somebody that's been in this business for a long time, that gave me a little bit of hope, he's a superstar player. At least we haven't heard from him or his representation that they're demanding a trade. Sometimes when these things go a month or two months, you hear the the, the T word. We haven't heard that from Chris Jones or his agents. No,
4: and he was actually specifically about it yesterday would he would he consider a trade and he said, you know he said he wasn't even thinking about that and his agents were there as well with Chris at this charity event but the agents wouldn't speak publicly or even off the record to be honest with you about uh, about where things stand but you're right that hasn't been part of the conversation I'm wondering if that begins to change now though um, now that the the season is here Chris Jones isn't signed teacher without their best defensive player um, he, you know I I, I've been saying all along that Chris Jones has the leverage in this situation, but with all the fines he's accruing now and, uh, um, the, the, you know, the, the longer, for every game he misses, he loses a, a game paycheck of about $1.2 million. And at some point, you know, and that's money that he can't get back. There were times, there was a time when the NFL would, would waive the fines or a team could waive the fines and make sure the guy player got paid. This isn't the case anymore. So whatever money he's been fined, he's going to lose. So whatever raise he's asking for, he's under contract this year to play for $19.5 million. And, you know, I think we think he's asking somewhere in the neighborhood of the high twenties a year for a couple additional seasons. But at some point he's going to accrue so much in fines that it might offset the raise that he would get by re-signing. So, Yes, I think the leverage continues to be with Chris Jones, but uh, at some point it, it won't make financial sense for him to continue to hold out.
1: One last thing for you. It's just kind of a big-picture thing. BYU's in the Big 12 this year. Utah will join the Big 12 next year. A lot of Utah fans making the trip to Waco this this weekend. They like to go to non-conference games. What what would you tell to both Utah fans and BYU fans that are listening in this state about the, the new adventure that lies ahead of them in the Big 12, Blair?
4: Boy, I tell you, um, yeah, I, I've, I've traveled those roads. Uh, been been to all of them, and you know, I, I think what what's going to be unique for both BYU and Utah is they're entering. They're, they're going to help shape a new conference. You, I, you remember, you remember this? I, I, or maybe you don't. I, I, but back when the Big Twelve was formed we all thought that it was four Texas schools joining the big eight and it was going to have more of a big eight flavor. And at the time, look, the big eight, big eight football was on top of the world. Nebraska was in the midst of winning two back-to-back national championships. Colorado had won a national championship a few years earlier. Kansas state was starting to rise under Bill Snyder. They were just phenomenal. They had four teams in the final top 10 of the, uh, of the last year of the big eight, but it didn't turn out to be that way. It, it had a whole new conference feel to it. And I think that's what's going to happen when the four new teams arrive this year and then, you know, four new ones the following year. They're going to get to help shape the feel of the of the Big 12. And, you know, look, I, I, I've, I've been to Utah games. I've never been to a game at BYU, which is one of my big regrets. I hope to get to a game there at some point. But they bring great passion. I, I know that they – Certainly, the heated rivalry, but great passion those both of those fan bases have, and 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 that's that's a big plus for this conference. You know, when I think about it, Bill, uh, the, the, the the way that the college football landscape is going to be reshaped with the ACC, you know, uh, everybody in either 16 or 18 teams, and the ACC still has you know football brand names in Clemson and Florida State and Miami. We know that the Big Ten just added UCLA or USC and, and Oregon, and to go along with Michigan and Ohio State. And the SEC is full of the, the the football brand names. The Big 12 doesn't have quite that. They don't have that national brand name. So what I think the Big 12 is going to end up with the, with the new additions is it's going to be the most competitive conference. It's going to be the shortest distance between first place and last place. And and I, I can't wait to see what that's going to look
1: like. I feel the same way, and I've told Utah fans, I said, the one thing that's going to be different, and the Pac-12's been good to Utah, Blair, for 12 years, but um, they're, as you said, they're going to have a chance to shape it. They didn't. They just added into what the history was on the Pac-12. But there, there's a lot more. It's something about the Midwest and the South, but there's a lot more passion. And I think the Utah fan base and the BYU fan base – with their passionate fans, will really fit well into the Big Twelve. Not as easy to get to Stillwater or Ames or uh, Lubbock as it is to get to L.A. or or San Francisco. It's a flight and a car ride, but once you get there, these are college towns where there's a lot more passion.
4: Yeah, once you get there, you can move around a little bit. And uh, and you're right the, 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 the Saturdays, you know, at football stadiums, in the Big Twelve are they're. they're the stadiums are filled and you, you go to Ames on a, on a Saturday afternoon and there's 61,000 people there and there can't be more than 75,000 people in that town know, <laughs> so it's, it's that's that's the type of passion and the love that people have for their college sports in this part and don't get me started on basketball I am I am huh. so excited about what basketball is going to look like and uh, and how it's going to feel mm-hmm. and you know, and, and K U BYU and 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 uh and Arizona. I, I mean I just
1: can't wait for some of these matchups. I, I'm I'm excited for it too. Hey, thank you for doing this. I know you're busy on a game day. Have fun tonight and uh we'll catch up down the line. Thanks, Blair. Sounds good, Bill. Take care. There you go. The great Blair Kirkhoff. One of my I've I've known Blair Kirkhoff and I consider him a friend. Blair Kirkoff worked for the Kansas City Star when I was a student at the University of Kansas. He had the Kansas beat, covered Kansas football and Kansas basketball. And he was one of the guys that was so friendly, so good, so nice to me as a young broadcast journalist. But he was always so good about just being friendly and helpful. And he and I have remained friends through the years. He lives about
3: five miles from where I grew up in Kansas. Lunchtime. You've been thinking all morning long about getting something good in your belly. But what should you choose today? Bill Riley has a suggestion for today. This is What's for Lunch here on The Bill Riley Show. Order up, boss. Now, to give you today's menu, here's Bill Riley on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: Our friends at Jersey Mike's. I know Leaf could go for a Jersey Mike's right about now. I could go for a Jersey Mike's right about now. Uh, again, I need to bring the internships back here. Uh, so we can send interns for lunch to grab a sandwiches this time of day. By the way, I always take care of the interns. Whenever they run, they get something for themselves too. I don't. I don't abuse the interns. Anyway, Jersey Mike's so good. Lunch or dinner, sub above, outstanding stuff. Find them all over the Wasatch Front too. Uh, and and the best part too is they hire good people that are involved in the community. You know, Russ and John, they're involved in every community where their stores are located. So. You know you're always going to be with somebody that's, that's invested in, in you as well. And they make a great sandwich, too. So I could go for, I think I'd go for the number 12 Mike's way today.
5: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe.
3: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play
2: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Uh, no onions. That would be mine. It's it's kind of a twist on the classic Italians called the Cancro Special, named after the owner. So, anyway, try them for lunch. Try them for dinner. Find them online at JerseyMikes.com. And if you're having a little get together this weekend to watch some football. Have them cater it for you. Just give them 24 hours' notice, and they'll get a whole bunch of sandwiches ready for you, ready to go. They are Jersey Mike's, and they are a sub above. Um, Hour one, almost done here. Um, Text messages, got a few of them here. Um, Hey, Bill, always wondered, do you like NASCAR? If so, your favorite driver. I, myself, like Formula One and like Dixon. Um, I am a NASCAR fan. Probably not as much today as I used to be. I got into NASCAR in the early '90s, right on the kind of the cusp of the NASCAR boom. I got to cover the Daytona 500 five times. I went to the inaugural Brickyard uh, 400. Uh, I was a 24 car guy. I was a Jeff Gordon guy, though. I I do love me some Intimidator too. Jeff Gordon was my guy, but if you like NASCAR and racing, and you you just there's no way you couldn't love and respect Dale Earnhardt Jr. Not I'm sorry, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is fine too, but his daddy was, was just, it was just something cool about him. They don't quite make drivers like that anymore. So, yes, I am a NASCAR fan. And I, I watch a little bit of Formula One from time to time. I know a lot of people have gotten into Formula One too as of late. I watch a little bit of that too. I watched a little bit of the drive to survive the first couple of seasons. But, uh, yeah. Uh, text message Hey, Bill, when Cam plays, will he be wearing a knee brace? Yes, that would be my, that would be my guess. Generally, quarterbacks wear support anyway, but he's coming off a major knee surgery. I would be very surprised if Cam is not wearing a knee brace. Text message: Hey, Bill, blimps out of either Akron, Ohio, or Florida. Uh, I you know they they also have one in Southern California. I can tell you because it's right along the 405. It's it's between Carson and Long Beach. If you're traveling north on the 405. It's on the right-hand side. But they, that, they housed the blimp. There's a blimp in Southern California, too. So you always knew it was a big game when the blimp showed up. Text message. Hey, Bill, I took my son to a Tampa game last season, saw Tom Brady play. Great atmosphere. They had the crowd involved every time they got a first down. I was amazed how much Tom Brady didn't have to move in the pocket, though. Got rid of the ball in like one second every time. Seeing the NFL in person, the most notable thing is the size and speed. Yes. Yes, I talk about it all the time. I covered college football for probably five or six years. And when I got to Jacksonville, um, I remember covering the Jaguars and standing on the sideline during a preseason game. And there is nothing. you, You just cannot prepare yourself for the size, the speed, the athleticism, and the sounds. The noises that are made, it's frightening at times. I mean, you're, you're talking about, I mean, it's it's hard to explain without being there. And some of you may have been fortunate to maybe stand on the sideline up at Rice-Eccles or down at Lavelle Edwards. That's great. And the speed of the college game is there. But there's nothing like the speed, the athleticism, the excitement you get in an NFL game. And, and to what you said, Brady doesn't move in the pocket, gets that ball out. In the, that's why they're pros. They, that's why those guys process it so much bigger and so much faster. Text message, hey, Bill, I love college football more than the NFL. The game day experience, the atmosphere, the fandom are all better than the NFL, but the level of play in the NFL is so much better. The speed of the game, the player matchups, the near unpredictability of the NFL makes it so much fun to watch. Yes, that's, that's how I feel too. I love college football. I love them both. I love being in the stadium at college. I love the atmosphere. Every every stadium's unique. NFL stadiums aren't all unique, if that makes sense. They're they're sometimes a little cookie cutter. A lot of them are the same. There's a handful that are different. But what's inside that stadium is so good. Text message. Hey, Bill, seven hours of commercial-free football starts now. Yes well Scott Hansen for you we'll see if we can get Scott back we had Scott on the show last year i I just I have so much respect for what Hansen does it's hard to explain how tough a job he has if you haven't put up been behind a mic or put a headset on to work really for seven consecutive hours without a break now he'll get a you know a minute break here and there where they run some highlight packages but for the most part he doesn't and to be able to go seamlessly, he's got good people working behind the scenes in the control room, too. But he and I know Andrew Siciliano did it on, I think, DirecTV, too. That that Red Zone channel is is something. It really, really is. By the way, if you don't want to watch it home tonight and you're looking for a great place to go to watch a little college football tonight, can I suggest a spot? There's a bunch of them around the valley. How about Bout time pub and grub? Oh, yeah. It's Utah sports bars with more TVs than tables. You grab your seat, your game's going to be on, the wings are hot, the nachos are great, the burgers are phenomenal as well. At Bowtime Pub and Grub, was just there the other day, had a great time. You might get entertained by some things going on in the restaurant, too, in addition to what's on the TV. They'll have the game on tonight, I guarantee it, wherever you go. They've got them in Vineyard, they've got them in West Valley, they've got them up to Ogden, Bout Time Pub and Grubs, there's one in your neighborhood, I guarantee. Go to BoutTimePub.com for menus, for events, and for locations. And a great spot to watch a little Thursday night football tonight, if you're so inclined. Bout Time, Pub, and Grub. All right. Here we stand, one hour in. Cam Rising's going to join us coming up on the other side. And after Cam Rising, I'm going to give you my Les Olson IT solutions to a Utah victory. In about an hour, Eric Weddle. And then Sean O'Connell to round things out here today. Don't forget, tomorrow, I will not be here. Porter Larson will be on location, a brand-new grand opening of a holiday oil, lots of food and gas specials, as they always do. So Porter will have things locked down tomorrow. He'll have Coordinator's Corner with Andy Ludwig and more coming up tomorrow. And Spencer the Drive come up after I'm done here today. So that's where we're at, hour one done on this Thursday. Cam Rising swings by for a conversation next right here on ESPN 700.
3: It's time to talk Utah football with a quarterback and captain here on the Bill Riley Show. This is a conversation with Cam Rising, presented by Advance Windows. Now here's Utah's Field General and the voice of the Utes on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right, it's Thursday. It's noon time. You know what that means here on the Bill Riley Show on Utah's number one sports talk. It means it's time for our conversation with Cam Rising. That conversation weekly, brought to you by our friends at Advance Window Products. Yeah, that's Nate Orchard's Company. They're good people. If you need windows or doors or siding or anything like that, by all means, look them up, get them taken care of, and uh, they're great, great, great partners of ours and sponsors of our weekly conversation with Cam Rising. As we get you ready for Utah and Baylor coming up on Saturday morning, not afternoon, morning, deep in the heart of Texas. Cam joins us right now, off the wind last week and back on the field this week. Cam Rising, what's good? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Better question for for you is, how are you doing? Restrictions have been lifted, doing? Cam Rising. You're a full-on football player again this week. How's it feel?
6: Yeah, feeling good. Just um, enjoying enjoying the process of getting back integrated and everything, and and just having fun, enjoying it.
1: So what changes from last week to this week? What makes Cam Rising a fully full-go football player this week?
6: Just doing everything at practice, pretty much, that I I would be doing in in a regular practice week, and and that's pretty much the difference. So everything's been, been going well.
1: Does it feel any different being back out there doing everything this week versus doing most of the things you did through fall camp?
6: Yeah, it just feels good to be back with the offense and around the guys again, and, and just run, running our plays.
1: How weird a feeling was it last week for you, knowing you were so very close, but knowing you were going to be standing on the sidelines wearing civilian clothes, watching the boys play last week. You knew that, you know, you know, obviously Thursday morning going in, you weren't going to play. So, what what's your mindset then? Go to when it's not playing, calling plays, being out there mode. What what do you switch it to?
6: Just how, how can I make sure that the guys are just calm, cool and collected and just ready to go, go play ball and just put, put good ball on tape really. And that's kind of my whole mindset and, and was excited to to see everyone go and how, how the team looks again, against competition that, that isn't our own. So it it was, it was fun and, and we had a, we had a good, good game, played it, played a damn good game. Um, exciting play that first play. So that was really a great way to start the game off.
1: So you know everybody has asked Bryson over the last week what it was like with that play, and I've asked Andy Ludwig and I've asked Kyle Whittingham when did Cam Rising find out what the play was going to be? When did you find out that it was going to be the bomb on on the first play from scrimmage
6: so we we got some some paperwork and we're <laughs> we're going through it and then um we're 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 in there sitting kind of just talking and and we're and then I'm kind of asking about the first play and Coach Led says that there's been a change, and, and Coach Witts made a, made the a decision that we want to take a shot. And, and kind of the, the rest is just history right there. We found out on Friday morning that we're taking a shot. and Yeah, ever, ever since then, we were just talking about landing it, and then we had that beautiful play.
1: Was there a big smile on all the quarterbacks' faces when you got the paperwork?
6: Oh, I mean, well, the paperwork said a different play. Oh, okay, gotcha, originally. gotcha. A run play so that 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 was a nice little switch up by coach whitten and a great call by him
1: yeah i I talked to kyle about it on the coach show on tuesday night he's like yeah you know everybody thinks i'm conservative we tend to run a lot i went to andy apparently he and andy get together on you know fridays or in, in the last week's case wednesday and they go over kind of the script and the beginning of the play sheet and kyle's like why, why don't we take a shot? And I think it surprised Andy a little bit. And Andy's like, okay, you want to take a shot? He's like, yeah, let, let, let's let take a shot. And uh, you guys took a shot, and it was successful. I talked to Bryson about it on Tuesday. He was excited, obviously. But even even with that play call, though, Cam, Bryson was telling me, there's no guarantee that it's the shot play. A lot of things have to happen once you line up for it to still be the shot play, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, there, there are some plays where, we do have in the offense where you know, we're taking a shot, and it just pretty much depends on where the safety's at, and you just let it go. So, um, yeah, that was a, a great play and just a, a phenomenal ball by by Bryson and the and great play by Money.
1: Yeah, obviously, it, it, and obviously, great protection by the offensive line as well because he didn't get touched no. on that throw. But I guess what I was alluding to was safety came up a little bit on that play that allowed that shot to, to take place. If that safety's running deep and it's the double team. Bryson's probably checking down and going underneath the Devon.
6: Um, if you can call that a check down, it still would have been a nice <laughs> little, little deeper, deeper throw. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I guess not not, not the yeah. 70 yard deep bomb, maybe a 25 yard in cut or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as you're watching that unfurl, unfurl on the sideline, do you have a pretty good sense that this, this play's going to work?
6: Oh, yeah. It's all the pre snap um, and, and pretty much thought. We're getting we're getting one of these two deep guys and and kind of just just got to land it. That's kind of everything I was thinking and saw that ball in the air and, and news that money had a chance to go get it and just the rest is history right there and it was
1: just a, an exciting way to start the season. No better way to start the season than that. So what are you yeah. doing? You what what's your game day? I mean, I saw you had the headset on for a bit on the sideline last week. What what are you kind of doing in game when you're not in the game?
6: I'm just trying to trying to talk to the guys, um, make sure but they're, they're hearing anything that I think that that, that they need to hear um, and kind of just being a voice that can talk through plays with them outside of uh, the coaches and everything and just kind of make sure that that everyone's staying on, on, on track and just putting their best foot forward.
1: Kind of a coach, right? Kind of a coach, kind of a mentor, a little bit of a hype man on the sideline?
6: In a sense, yeah, for sure.
1: So the game ends, you guys get the dub, quarterbacks are efficient, I think the most important part is it was a clean football game. There were no turnovers. Um, Nate did his thing. Bryson did his thing. And the Utes are one and zero, a, and in a good start to the season. You can't go two and zero unless you go one and zero, right?
6: Yeah, there's no doubt about that.
1: What was your biggest takeaway as you watched it from the sideline? What was kind of the Cam Rising takeaway for how you guys played last week?
6: Um, that this is a very good football team, but um, there's still there's still meat left on that bone, and, and we got to. A- Make sure that, that we're putting putting together more touchdown drives, especially when the defense is playing that that great of a game. Make sure that, that we're, we're scoring, just backing up their efforts. And, and I think if we continue to do that, I think the, the sky's the limit for this group.
1: You know, I, I think my biggest takeaway, and you can have little storylines, like the quarterbacks played clean, the offensive line played a good first game, the defense was fantastic. For me, I think the biggest storyline from last week, Cam, was the overall depth of this football team um you know one through 85 i'm not sure that utah football's ever had more talent and on a night where you guys are missing eight starters four on offense and four on defense i thought the win as much as anything else was a testament to the talent and the depth of the football team
6: yeah i mean it just comes down to to coach coach witt and how he how he teaches us he always tells us not to not to flinch when anything happens just just plug and replace and and anybody on the team really can go in and, and just play and play at a high level. And that's kind of just the way that we're coached and, and how we, how we go about it in the program.
1: Cam rising with us here on the bill Riley show today. It's our conversation with cam presented by advanced window products. The Utes have the Baylor bears on the road this week. We'll get to cam status coming up here in a minute. You've done this enough. There, there's always something about that first trip on the road. When everybody gets to go together, maybe a third of the football team's never done it before. But what, what what's it like on that first road game versus that first home game?
6: Um, you just kind of get to go through the uh, the traveling experience and kind of kind of all the the hoopla that kind of comes with that. You got to stay, make sure you're in the hotel, make sure you're you're following your card and, and being where you need to be at the meetings and, and stuff like that. And, and it's different, especially having an early kick. It's, it's going to be new to some guys, so. So just kind of learning that, feeling out that process and making sure that any, any new guys are, are settled and, and calm, cool, and collected and just ready to, to get a good night's sleep and, and go out and play the next day, especially to have an early kick.
1: Um, If Kyle Whittingham had his druthers, he would play every game at dawn, right after the sun cracked oh. over the horizon. What What's Cam Rising now, the old man on the football team? Do you like the early starts, too?
6: Oh, I'm a I'm – big fan of the 11 or 12 o'clock one o'clock kicks i'll take that just like coach witt crack of dawn that'll be
1: great you're not a sit around the hotel kind of guy are you you'd rather just get after it
6: oh it drives me bonkers sitting, <laughs> sitting in the in the hotel watching football all day just waiting to go out but it is what it is and you just gotta enjoy it and, and wait for
1: your time are you a guy that doesn't like to sit around all day long? So on those, but on those long days, Cam, where you have that crazy eight o'clock or eight thirty kickoff, what are you doing to kill and fill time when you're not in a meeting or not on a Ute walk or not eating a meal? Are you sleeping and napping? You watching football? You in your playbook? What What do you do to kill time on those long days?
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: A woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void. Or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
6: Um, typically, I like to, to wake up and stretch to kind of just get my body body warmed up and then then uh, do the meetings and everything and then come back into the room and watch watch some football and, and probably take a nap depending on who's on and yeah, just just try to try to conserve as much energy as I can so that I'm ready to go once eight thirty comes around and just just good to go.
1: Thankfully this week you can get up at the crack of dawn, have a little something to eat and then head over to the stadium to, to play the Baylor Bears. Um give me a little scouting report, give me a little snapshot. They lost their opening game, a little bit of an upset type game going to be missing a couple of players as you guys are too everybody has injuries nobody cares but uh when you put the tape on and watch Baylor what do you see
6: um it's it's interesting because um they, Texas State they're 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 really spread and, and kind of throw the ball around the field try to try to just make sure that they're moving the ball throw it by, by throwing it and everything like that so um it's hard to kind of piece together because especially last year they had a different defensive coordinator and matching up doesn't always really translate to that. But with having Coach Aranda it's hard it's hard to kinda gauge what they're gonna be doing. That's gonna be so different and stuff like that. But um yeah, just trying to piece together um bits of bits of pieces of information and and, and every look that they've kinda shown in that in that Texas State game and, and going from there and kinda piecing that together with some some of last year's film. And that's kinda the process that we're going through and just making sure that that we're calling plays that we're, we're confident in and that we have ownership in.
1: Anything stand out to you in that Texas State tape as you watched it?
6: Um, they tried to play man a lot more than I thought they were going to, and and that was um, kind of interesting. But, yeah, that, that's kind of something that stood out.
1: Uh, Cam Rising with us here on the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number 1 Sports Talk. Uh, people talk a lot about humidity, people talk a lot about altitude, people talk about heat. Might be 105 degrees by the time the game wraps up and ends. Certainly be warm on the field. You guys haven't had a lot of super warm days. Any any thought that the heat could play a role on Saturday?
6: Um, I mean, it's going to be there. It's going to be hot, but I think, I think the youth um... – prepare in a way that that kind of it doesn't really matter what's going on around us we just we just go out there and play ball and play it at a high level and yeah um we're we're, we're pushing hydration right now making sure that everyone's going to be hydrated and ready to go so i think that's just going to be kind of on the back burner a little bit
1: um so so catch us up here uh where are you at right now just kind of give us an update on cam rising status cleared to practice we know that but uh, not a guarantee yet to play in the game. Kind of how are, how are you and in the staff handling things this week with getting you back on the field and reacclimated? And uh, what can you tell us right now about your status?
6: Yeah, um, feeling good. Um, been able to do everything and, and feeling really strong and, and happy about that. Just kind of making sure that that everything keeps going and, and that I keep feeling good these these next two days. And that's kind of the plan. And just just kind of play it by here and see how see how ready to go we are saturday morning
1: you know it's it's always you've talked about this the whole way it's a process it's a process there's no fast forward button there's no rewind button it's just the process that is is that still what it is for you now now even though you're now back on the field and fully cleared is it still keep my mind on this it's a process i'll be there when i'm there
6: yeah absolutely um it's not it's not an easy process it's not something that you want to be gone through but it it is what it is and kind of just got to endure it and, and roll with it and and just ha- act accordingly with, with whatever with whatever happens
1: is it fair to say there's a better chance seven could be on the field this week than last week yeah absolutely okay well that i would hope you answer it that way by the way because you're a week <laughs> further along in your rehab you know? <laughs> hey before i let you go two more things uh Playing Thursday night probably afforded you a chance to watch some football last weekend. Did you catch much of what was going on nationally and and around the Pac-12 conference on the football field last week?
6: Yeah, it was a great, great week for the Pac-12. It fired me up. Um, It just makes the the year that much more exciting when you can go undefeated the first week. And just got to hopefully keep it going as a a conference. But yeah, it was was definitely an exciting week of football.
1: Did you uh, take note of that Colorado TCU game at all?
6: Wow, that was that was that was impressive they, they 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 definitely impressed me and made some some really big plays. Um Travis Hunter made, was was outstanding and it's crazy that he was able to play that many snaps in in the in the heat down there in Dallas like that and and handle it with no problem and and Shador just played a phenomenal game. So it was it was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I I was surprised by it. I Brad said the other day on the air I was surprised, but what what impressed me the most Cam was I just didn't know, because you've, you've played this game. When you have 75, 80 new guys, if you're going to be able to create cohesion and chemistry amongst that group in a short period of time, and I think that's what I was impressed with most is, especially with the offense, they came out so crisp, so clean, didn't make a lot of mistakes, ran their offense, ran good tempo. And it was good. I mean, clean for not just a first game, but a first game with, you know, 80 new guys on a roster. That, to me, final score was great. And the fact they won surprised me a little bit. But the way they played that offensive unit, they looked like they'd been playing together a lot more than, you know, just fall camp.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think that just speaks volumes about Shadur and his ability to prepare and just make sure that he was ready to go. He He didn't really make a bad decision in that game. So that was really impressive.
1: Really was anything else in the Pac-12 jump out at you from last weekend?
6: Um, uh, the, uh, just some some really good games. Um, Oregon in by as much as they did that was that was impressive. Um, good game down down in uh, in, in Tempe, yeah. in ASU. That was, that was that was a wild game, but yeah, it was a it was a good week for us.
1: All in all, it was. All right, last thing for you today, Cam, and it's our, our conversation with Cam Rising here on the Bill Riley Show in Utah's number 1 sports
3: talk, brought to you by You're tuned into the Bill Riley Show from the Valley Collision Studios of ESPN 700. Here's Bill Riley.
1: Soon is now. Good to have you in today. Halfway home here on a Thursday, Bill Riley show. Uh, Eric Weddle in about a half hour or so. Sean O'Connell in about an hour or so here on the program. Your text message is always welcome. Don't forget our coverage on Saturday uh, from down in Waco. Really, I'm just on the radio station. It begins at six a.m. We're making Porter Larson and Nate Orchard get up early. Uh, they'll be up at six a.m. They'll go six to eight. Scott Sly I will be up early in Texas. We'll be at McLean Stadium at 8, taking you through the rest of pregame. And then, of course, we'll get you taken care of with game coverage beginning at 10 a.m. as well, uh, all the way through in the heat of, um, what is that, Waco's probably East Central Texas, I guess you'd probably call it, uh, from McLean Stadium. The Utes of the Baylor Bears right here on ESPN 700. So uh, we're looking forward to being down there. I'll be down there traveling tomorrow. Porter will fill in for me. He'll have the Coordinator's Corner with Andy Ludwig tomorrow and a bunch of other stuff to get you geared up and riled up for game day. He'll also do the Pick the Winner Pick the Score contest tomorrow. Remember this year, it's not just a $100 gift card from Jersey Mike's. It's a $100 gift card from Proper. That's Proper Brewing, Proper Burger, Avenue's Proper. Uh, you guys know I've got a soft spot in my heart for the folks at Proper Brewing and Proper uh, Proper Burger they have taken such good care of me. You can pick up for the weekend some Riled Up Red at their brewery downtown at the Beer Store, 857 South Main. That's my, it's the Riled Up Riles Red Ale. You can get it at Smith's stores and the variety packs. You can get it at Maverick stores. You can get it at bars downtown. Harmons too. Uh, it's all part of their big variety pack. I'm in there, I think, with the Yacht Rock and others. It's the Riled Up Red, and we appreciate the folks at Proper Brewing doing that. Anyway. Uh, they, they're donating and kicking in a $100 gift card as well for the Pick the Winner, Pick the Score contest. Anyway, Porter will have that going on the program tomorrow as he pinch hits for me. He'll be at a Holiday Oil location, um, get you that exact location. I think it's Lake Point is where he's going to be, but let me double-check that. But uh, he'll be at the, one of the brand-new Holiday Oils where it's like a big old party and festival when they open up one of those stores. So Porter will be there uh, coming up tomorrow. Text lines open at 877-353-0700 if you want to jump in and chime in on the program today. Here on Utah's number 1 Sports Talk, ESPN 700. Um, Text message, hey Bill, this is the best game for Cam to play if he can. A nice warm-up to knock off the rust before league play. As I've told you guys before, the coaching staff is not going to hold Cam out. When they feel he is ready to step in and start, he will be under center, in the shotgun, and running the offense. Whether that's this week against Baylor or next week against Weber State, that remains to be seen. But I can assure you, Andy Ludwig and and, and Kyle Whittingham, and especially Cam Rising, are not going to hold him out a week if he's ready to go. Really now, it's just a matter of, is he ready to go? Is he in game shape? Is he does he ha Is he in football ready to go shape? Because he's been cleared, he's out there practicing. So we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, yeah, you're going to see Cam sooner rather than later. Whether that's this Saturday or next Saturday probably remains to be seen. We'll probably find that out tomorrow or first thing Saturday morning. So there you go. Thank you for that text message. Let's get to our Les Olson. It solutions to a Utah victory. Since I won't be here tomorrow. To give you these Les Olson ITs uh solutions to a Utah win. I'm going to give them to you today. I've got four of them today. And we're going to start with a pretty basic one, but it's honest to goodness truth. Some games you can play not so clean and get away with a win. Some games you can play clean and still not win. That's against really good opponents. Like you could play USC or Washington, play a clean game, but that's not going to ensure you win. I'm going to tell you this right now. Unless something changes a great deal with Baylor, I think if Utah simply plays a clean game, meaning Bryson Barnes, Cam Rising, Nate Johnson, all three, two of the three, whatever it might happen to be, if they don't turn the ball over, if they don't give Baylor short fields, if they don't kind of stall in the red zone, play a clean game, Utah's going to beat Baylor. Utah's got to run the ball better, though. They do. They just simply have to run the ball better. As I mentioned, they ran for 105 yards last week, but 49 of that 105 were on two long runs by Nate Johnson. Everything else was kind of a slog last week. Utah's got to establish the run at some point and stop the run as well. That's what Baylor wants to do. Baylor has two very good running backs, two all-Big 12 caliber running backs, much like a week ago. When ATN and Johnson or ETN and Johnson were the tailbacks, these two guys are really good this week for Baylor. Dominic Richardson's one of them. He's preseason all Big 12. Utah's got to establish the run, but they've also got to stop the run. The other thing they've got to do is make life hard on Sawyer Robertson. Sawyer Robertson starting at quarterback for the Baylor Bears this week. Sawyer Robertson is a redshirt sophomore who I think has thrown 25 passes in his collegiate career. And 13 of those 25 came in relief last week when Blake Shapen couldn't go anymore. And of those 13 passes he threw, one was an interception. Utah's got to get after him. He's not seen much. Get after the quarterback. Make life hard on Sawyer Robertson. And the last solution to the game I think Utah has to have two or three big plays in the pass game. Not necessarily a 70-yard touchdown pass to begin the game, but a couple, two, three, four really big chunk plays. It makes life so much easier on the offense, especially if you're playing a couple of backups. If it's Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson, again, getting better as they go, but still not anywhere near Cam Rising. Give me two or three, maybe four, big chunk plays, big explosive pass plays, and that will help out a great deal. Get Micah Pittman involved. Micah Pittman had two catches and one big drop last week. This guy is an electric player. Get him involved. Get Mikey Matthews involved. Get Devon Vele involved. Use some of those playmakers. Get some explosive plays in the pass game. So those are my four Les Olsen IT solutions to a Utah win. Play clean whoever's at quarterback. Establish the run and stop the run. Make life hard on Sawyer Robertson, the backup quarterback from Baylor. And give me three or four big plays in the pass game. If Utah checks those four boxes, they'll win without much problem. I really believe that. I don't need your pick the winner pick the score score yet. You can save that for tomorrow or even bright and early Saturday morning. But I'm going to give you mine right now because I won't be here tomorrow. I think Utah wins this game and they win it probably even a little bit more handily than they did last week at home against Florida. The Baylor team I saw a week ago was a was a bit of a mess and can you make improvements from week 1 to week 2? You can. But they're also missing three pretty key players, too. Starting quarterback, starting safety, starting rush end. Three big starters they were counting on. I like Utah in this game 27-13. to 13. A two-touchdown win on the road against a Big 12 team. I like Utah 27-13. to 13. Game ball in the game, let's say Jaquindon Jackson. Let's say J.J. gets moving a little bit this week and they run the ball a little bit. That'll be my game ball. You don't have to give me your picks yet. You can wait till tomorrow. Let it sink in. Maybe you'll find out tomorrow who's playing quarterback, and maybe that will give you a little insight on what your score is. But today, I'm going to say Utah 27 and Baylor 13 And my
3: game ball going to Jaquindon Jackson.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW proof. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you guys would like to sound off, you can do so. 877 353 on the Dish Pro's text line right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, before we break today here on the Bill Riley Show, let's do what we do every week at this time, catch up with a good friend, Dr. Kat Laughley of Renewal Utah, and get our weekly consultation with Dr. Kat. This week's consultation will be kind of personal because a couple of weeks back, Kat and I kind of sat down and she said, yeah, would you like to try some I said, yeah, sure. I, I'm trying to lose an extra 10 or 15 pounds. Let's see what, what it'll do. And so I've been on it for a couple of weeks. And I, I tell you, one thing I noticed, Kat, is, Appetite suppression. I don't know if I've lost a ton of weight yet, but I, I know that my appetite has decreased a great deal and the good news for me at least is I haven't had a great deal of side effects.
2: Yeah, both those things are awesome. So I think most people that's the first thing they notice is a decrease in appetite. Um so that leads to decreased calorie consumption, which leads to decreased weight. So you're on the first step, and not having side effects is amazing and awesome and high-fives. Not everybody is that lucky, but we manage. We manage side effects, and people have them.
1: Yeah, people have heard of this semaglutide. It's been, it's, there, there's other names for it, but it's something that you've been using at Renewal Utah for probably a year-plus now, and you've seen great results with your patients, haven't you?
2: Yeah, since it came on as available at compounding pharmacies, so... Traditionally, it was available under the brand name Ozempic, and when that went on shortage, compounding pharmacies were making it from the active ingredient semaglutide. And, yeah, I've been treating since it came out, and it's been really awesome. Anywhere from, you know, the 10, 15-pounders like you to I've got a couple people down about 80 pounds now with just adding the semaglutide and, of course, the other stuff that we're doing along the way to make sure it's maintainable once they're done.
1: So if people have a few more questions about this, cat, it's a pretty common treatment now. It's pretty common over-the-counter stuff. You do it a lot with your patients. But what are some of the common questions you get from people?
2: Yeah, well, let me... um, One thing is that it's not over-the-counter medication. It's prescription medication.
3: Got
1: you.
2: Um, But the common things that... Yeah, the common things I do for people are to really hone in on what their struggles and successes are. Um, we talk about that with baseline. So if someone's like, "I want to lose 50 pounds," and I'm gonna, I say, "Okay, what's your plan besides adding this?" And they're like, "Well, I've been on the couch eating Cheetos for four years, but I'm gonna start running five miles seven days a week." I'm like, "Hey, now, buddy, let's slow it down. Let's maybe work on a thousand steps a day or yeah. something reasonable that we can build on, not these like unrealistic expectations."
1: So. It's there and available. It's not for everybody. There's other, uh, there's other places you can go with it. There's other forms of it. But if people want to talk to you about it, do they, Do you like to do a consultation first in person? Can they do it on the phone? Can they do it via chat? H- how do you like to handle this, this particular treatment with semaglutide?
2: Yeah, I like to answer questions. Um, text is usually pretty easy to get questions out of the way. And then we can do our consultation and first visit um, just on the phone. And so if you're wanting to see if it's right for you, you just let me know that, and we kind of go through all the ins and outs of it, and we can decide if we want to proceed. Uh, And if we're just proceeding, we just get it underway. And I write the prescription that day if we decide you're a good fit and we want to go for it. And you've got the medicine real quick, and you can get started.
1: That's what I did. And for, for two weeks in, I've had good success, so I can raise my hand at least two weeks in and say, I'm a fan, if you'd like to try it, or at least... Get some more information about it. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Kat?
2: Yeah, a couple of easy ways. One is to go to the website, and you can use the email link on there, which is info at renewalutah.com. You can also book your appointment there, and it's a phone appointment where we chat. Um, or you can text, and we'll answer back and forth uh, at 801 358 8843.
1: Again, it's RenewUtah.com, and Dr. Kat Loftly can help you at Semaglutide. If it sounds interesting, reach out to Kat, get some more information, and give it a try. Kat, good catching up with you. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, so. Bill. There you go. Dr. Kat Loftly with us for our weekly consultation with Dr. Kat here on The Bill Riley Show. More ahead on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
3: You're tuned into Utah's best midday sports show. The Bill Riding Show, presented by Les Schwab Times, right here on your home of the U.S., ESPN 700.
1: Ah, yeah, this will be blaring at Arrowhead tonight, legendary Camaro Head Stadium, right before kickoff. We'll have a little Stones. By the way, somebody told me, maybe it's Porter Larson told me the other night, the Stones dropped some new music. Anybody heard it yet? Is it, a, is, it a, is it a single track? Did they drop an album? Um, I don't think they've produced any new music in like 35 or 40 years. So does anybody have some intel? Hit me on the text line, by the way, if anybody's listened to any of the new Stones music cuts. Uh, Porter mentioned that the other night to me and Kyle Whittingham during the Kyle Whittingham Coaches Show, and I just, it didn't, didn't even dawn on me to look and listen to it until I just heard that Stones cut coming in. So if anybody out there has a, a musical review on any of the new Stones music, uh, hit me up on the text line, let me know what's up, 877 By the way, if you're in the market or shopping for tires, uh, Southern Tire Mart would love to have your business. They're all over the state of Utah now. They're all over the country. They're kind of doing a, a tire takeover nationwide. We were out there a couple of weeks ago doing a remote. Tim and his staff were fantastic. I mean, they were so accommodating, so friendly, so nice. Uh, they're located out in West Valley, the location where we were here in Salt Lake, 5345 West, 2400 South out in West Valley. They're they're fantastic. And if you're shopping for tire, tires for your truck, your car, your minivan, your SUV, they've got that. But they do commercial stuff, too. So if you've got a fleet of trucks or something for your business that needs new tires, too, they can help you out with that as well. It's Southern Tire Mart. You can find a location by going to their, their website, stmtires, stmtires.com. Like I said, West Valley, forty fifty three forty five West, 2400 South was the location where we were, but you can find a location anywhere in the state or anywhere in the country with our friends at Southern Tire Mart and tell Tim when you go out there that I said hello. He was he was fantastic and couldn't have been more hospitable to us. Uh, a few text messages here. Uh, hey, Bill, my prediction for the Baylor game, 28-17, Utah with the victory game ball going to Jaquindon Jackson. Yeah, so you and I aren't too far off. I said 27-13 with J.J. getting the game ball. He's a Texas kid, remember that he grew up he only grew up about an hour 15 minutes or so from Waco not far away so there's i think there's 15 or 16 texas guys on the utah roster right now they're all excited. i talked to money parks the other day he goes i never thought i'd get a chance to go back and play in texas well money here you go heading back so anyway you can get your predictions in tomorrow during the pick the winner pick the score contest porter will be filling in he'll give you that you just do it in the usual spot text message hey bill with the unexpected long bomb for our opening play uh, against uh, Florida, if it were my decision, I would try to open every game with something unexpected. Maybe a sweep, maybe a play action, maybe a quarterback option, a reverse, an RPO. Love it when you see our coaching staff play crazy. I wish they did it more. Sure. You don't, you're, you're designing your play kind of based on what you think the defense is going to be in. Or what you think the defense may or may not expect, if that makes sense. They didn't, you know, they took the shot downfield. It's fun to say take one of those all the time, but it's also about the way they line up, too. You know, you heard me asking Cam Rising. I talked to Bryson Barnes about it on the coach's show the other night. If that deep safety doesn't come up and take Devon Vele, who's got the underneath route, or help out with that, Bryson Barnes isn't throwing that ball deep. It's probably more of a, a shallow crosser. Or a, a an intermediate crosser to Devon Vele. so we'll see what happens. They they script those plays out. They're trying to get the game going and trying to get the offense into a routine. Text message: Hey Bill, thirty one six game ball. Frank the Tank Summers Jackson. <laughs> what? Okay. Eight seven seven three five three zero seven hundred is your text number. Hey, Bill, if Cam plays, do the Utes score more than your predicted twenty-seven points? Maybe. Remember, it's going to be Cam's first game game since the Rose Bowl, too. And again, game action markedly different than practice action. So, I'm going to stay with that twenty-seven points, even if Cam plays. I could see it being a little bit lower-scoring game. It's a road game. It's hot. If Cam plays, it's his first action. I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm feeling good about that number. I, I like that 27 number. Text message. When was the last time somebody actually won the prize for the Pick the Winner, Pick the Score contest? Kind of seems like never. We had one winner last year. That's, that's what we had. We had one winner, winner last year. That, I'm giving you $200 in gift certificates. You've got to nail it. I mean, you, you've got to pick a score and nail it exactly. If I did closest to it, then we'd have 15 winners every week, and Jersey Mike's and Proper wouldn't want to give out $100 gift cards. That's the whole point. You've got to, you've got to get it. you got to nail it. So try your luck, and we'll see if we get one. Text message. Hey, Bill, any update on Chris Curry? I'd like to see him get some reps. Chris isn't quite ready to get back yet. He's working his way back like a lot of guys are. Remember, he tore his, tore his leg up last year. So he's working his way back from injury. You will see Chris Curry at some point in time this year. Maybe it's this week. I don't know. I haven't gotten my final look at things, but he wasn't quite ready to go a week ago, but he's, he's getting close. Running back room's nice. You know that running room back, running back room is nice when you have two basically a three-star and a four-star running back who are freshmen who are very talented that we're not even talking about. Text message: Hey, Bill thirty eight seventeen Utes game ball money parks okay don't have to give me your picks today, but if you want to you're fair that's fine. That's a few more points than I think, but I wouldn't mind that score at all thirty eight seventeen you score thirty eight points you hold a home team to seventeen, you win by three touchdowns that's it's a pretty good Saturday, and money parks would love nothing more. Did he get another touchdown in front of the home folks? He's going to have a lot of family and friends, he said, that will be at the game. Oh, here we go. A little info. Hey, Bill, first album without Charlie Watts. Do we know who's drumming, by the way, on the album? Releases October 20th. McCartney and Lady Gaga guest on it. Okay. I want to hear it. I'm not sure I'd want to see the Stones in concert anymore. Mick and the boys are a little old. I'm not sure they'd put on the same quite quite the same show, but studio music, studio music. So I I don't mind it. Let's see what it sounds like. Text, hey, Bill, Utah 30-10. All right, give me your game ball, too, if you want to be in the contest. Hey, Bill, Utes 34-14, game ball, Cole Bishop. Go Utes. Not a bad choice. Cole had a good game last week, man. He was everywhere. 11 tackles, a sack. He was good. I'm, I'm telling you right now, by the end of the year, I'm not sure anybody in the country, maybe now, might have a better pair of safeties than what Utah has in Cole Bishop and Vaki. It was funny last week. Vaki didn't have a tackle, but he had one of the defensive plays of the game. He tipped the ball, found the ball, and then intercepted the ball with the wide receiver all over him. It was a hell of a play. Those two are really, really, really good. I'm not so sure Sione Vaki might not have the most talent of anybody on that defensive side of the football, too. He's that good. 877 353 If you want to get in and on board today, here on the Bill Riley Show. Two hours down, one to go. Sean O'Connell in about a half hour. Eric Weddle joins us next, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. <laughs>
3: It's time to talk some ball with one of the greatest players in Utah football history. Bill Riley welcomes the beard, Eric Weddle, to the show weekly. The Eric Weddle interview is presented by Budweiser. Now here's Weddle with Riles, right here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: One of my favorite segments of the week, I get to catch up with my buddy, former NFL great, former Utah great. And now, he's in the coaching ranks. He is crafting young minds. He is trying to accomplish things that have never been done on a high school field before. He is coaching high school football in San Diego, California. And he's got his boys at 2-1 and one on the year so far. They had to grind one out last week, but sometimes you got to grind them out. They don't ask how, they just ask how many. And in the box score, it looked like a big win. 10-7 last week. Now the boys go to two and one on the year. Coach Eric Weddle joins us right now. Was it a nail biter last week?
5: Oh gosh. I wouldn't say it was a nail biter. Uh you know, we uh we had some we had five starters out. I'm just giving you the background, I'm not giving excuses, just giving the background of the setting. You know, five starters were out, including my quarterback for disciplinary reasons. And uh so that put us a little bit conservative offensively and you know our our defense we've got a stout defense and when it comes down to it you don't want to you don't want to jeopardize the game and put uh your team in a bad spot uh when you got you're controlling the game defensively so it's 10-7 and a half uh I was expecting more productivity out of our offense but hey Controlled the game, we didn't turn it over in the second half, and our defense won us the game, and sometimes that's defense especially won it for us. So that sometimes that's that's gonna be called upon and uh, we got the win and now we're trying to go get our third run third win in a row this week.
1: My question is did you let your backup quarterback throw a seventy yard bomb on the first play from scrimmage?
5: Uh, uh no. <laughs> not not on the first play, but in the first series I did, and it didn't go to, too well, too hot. So we had to draw back our throwing a little bit. We did take our shots, didn't complete any and put us behind the eight ball a little bit. But hey, we're an aggressive type offense and you know, the next guy, the next man up mentality. So you got to be in there. You got to be prepared and you got to be ready to take advantage of your opportunity. And uh, some did, some didn't. And moving on.
1: Rancho Bernardo now two and one on the year. Who do they have up next? Who do we have this Friday got night? Them
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and
3: tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for
0: free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Yeah, we got La Jolla at La Jolla. They're 2-1. Should be 3-0. And, uh... They spread it out quarterbacks averaging about a hundred on the ground and about 200 through the air. So defense has a, a tall task, but I, I'm confident in our game plan and our boys and should be able to limit a lot of what they do. And I, I'm feeling a breakout game for my, from our offense. Our special teams have picked it up since the first week of the, of the season and I'm feeling a great complete game. Uh, click on all cylinders and hopefully uh, have a great Great game, and see what happens.
1: Is the starter back, or is that two to be determined?
5: The starter is back. Okay. He, had a, he had to go earn earn the reps back. Uh, when you miss meetings and miss practice, uh, you, you're going to be benched, and that's just that's just how it is. Uh, you got to communicate, and uh, that can't ever happen. So he learned from it. He had he was a scout team player all last week, and uh, you know, hopefully he learned his lesson and becomes a better teammate and leader from it.
1: Two things these kids have to learn these days, Eric, communication skills and accountability, right?
5: No doubt. No doubt. It's all I'm stressing it every single day. Uh, The days of face-to-face conversations are in the history books, it looks like. So uh, I try to have face-to-face conversations. I'd be, I'm honest with my players and help them understand their role in this team and why they aren't playing or, or what they need to do uh, to get on the field more, how, the, how they need to act, how they need to present themselves in classroom, in the community. Like all those things matter when you're a part of my program. And if any of the things, those things are lacking, then uh, I'm going to help you get better. But if it continues that, then, then you're not going to be part of this team.
1: Eric Weddle, Coach Eric Weddle of the 2-1 Rancho Bernardo High School. What's your mascot, by the way? Broncos. The Broncos. Oh, The mighty Broncos. That hurts. Know, that hurts you and me. For you, yeah, I know. <laughs> you too. I mean, you too a little bit. I mean, come on. Come on. You played for the, you played for the Chargers and you played for the Ravens. There was I no love for the Broncos. Yeah. Nah, we don't like the Broncos. As long as your quarterback doesn't say, let's ride, I think you'll be okay. Oh, gosh.
5: If you're a Broncos fan, how do you... Turn your head and overcome what you witnessed last year from that quarterback. How, how do you do that? I, I just don't know.
1: Hey, did you see what Sean Payton said to him? That that little report on ESPN. He used the F word and yeah. said, "Quit effing trying to run for president and kiss babies. Just play quarterback."
5: Yeah, that that was. Uh, you know, you never know with some of these old coaches like Sean Payton. Like I've been around him, I enjoyed. I played golf with him before, so I have the utmost respect and. I enjoy being around. Like he's got dry humor. He is honest. He's funny, but it's just it's just odd to put that type of stuff out there. Like there's obviously he, Sean's too smart to not do it for a reason. And maybe he's just getting tired of the antics. Tired. But Russ Russ is that kind of guy. Like you may think it's fake. You may think that's how he is. Like hundred percent of the time, he's what you see is. That's who he is. He's kinda of quirky. He's kinda of just into himself. He does a lot of good, a lot of community service, like but you know, I don't know. I think it's not I would never say something like that as a coach. Uh if I have a problem with a player I'm gonna pull him inside and and it's never good to throw you know, put out the laundry of, of your team, especially as a quarterback like guess.
1: Yeah, I thought it was weird, weird but I thought it was weird yeah. too Eric when he when he kind of called out the prior head coach too. I thought that was a little strange. You don't Holy usually mums. you don't usually see that either and that kind of fired up Aaron Rodgers and the boys with the Jets too.
5: Yeah, yeah. Again, uh you know, you got to you got to you got to play like Devils Advocate like uh you know, he probably gets into that building Broncos and he realizes maybe a lot of things weren't up to par from an organizational standpoint and then you hear from the players and you hear from people who work in the building, maybe it wasn't done to his standard or whatever the case may be. And you know, he voices opinion. The only thing that I just don't I don't agree with is if you're gonna say it then own it. Like you meant it. You said it. You meant it. Just just the next day don't apologize. Don't say you lost uh, you, you're still at your commentator hat on. No, you're, now you're, I don't, I don't agree with it. Like, just own it. Say, yeah, man, it was effed up last year and I didn't agree with it. And that's who was running the show and he did a terrible job. Just say it and just own it. Like, I, I, I've never been the guy to fall back on comments. Like, yeah, I said it. I meant it. If you don't like it, I don't really care. Like, that's, you can decide what you want to do with it, but I'm here. I'm doing my job and it wasn't good last year, but. Then he apologizes, and then it's like, you're a fake fraud, whatever.
1: By the way, I know a lot of coaches, and you've known a lot of coaches. Coaches never take their coaching hat on. They don't put commentator hats on. <laughs> coaches are Seriously. always coaches, aren't they?
5: 100%. You're never you're never not. Like, there's a respect uh, value and, and boundary, I would say. Like, you don't. You don't critique other teams. You don't, you know, on the field, you, you X's and O's type. You can say who's good and maybe what they're good at. Maybe they're struggling at maybe how you're going to attack them, but you never really make it personal. And that was like a personal attack. And it was just odd. You never see that ever. Like, and how many years have you been covering football and teams? Have you ever heard like a coach come out and just blast another team no. or coach that was there? Like, no, weird, weird, super
1: weird,
6: super
5: weird.
1: Uh, Eric Weddle's with us Budweiser sponsors our weekly conversation with the beard so you got a chance to watch your beloved alma mater play on a Thursday night as you were getting ready for your Friday night game what were your big takeaways from last Thursday in the win against Florida
5: I loved uh I loved our identity uh in all three phases I loved that it didn't take us a few weeks like last year to figure to figure out what type of defense we have like there is a standard when you play at Utah and, and what we are identity wise and we get after the quarterback. I remember, remember you and I talked about this after Florida's loss and I just felt like, you know, at times we aren't who we are. We we are multiple looks. We bring pressure. We play man to man and that's what we do. And we, we live and die by the sword of what, we, what our standard is. We stop the run and get after the quarterback. And I felt like all, from the onset, that's what we were doing and to see the athleticism on the edges i know we talked about this two years ago from that ohio state game i I said coming from that game that we have to put a huge emphasis on getting athletic uh uh athletic super dudes on the edges so we don't always have to rely on the blitz that we can win one-on-one battles when we go against those elite teams and florida has elite dudes and for us to get after the quarterback and create pressure and win those one-on-one battles with our edges and and to do so with missing so many guys was really impressive. Coach loved the game plan with the quarterbacks and, and keep it as simple. And I thought Barnes, man, I was super impressed by his decisiveness, where to go with the football. He was getting hit back there at times, but still getting the ball out on time to the right receivers. Uh Man, I mean, what a job they've done. Honestly, watching spring ball, I was a little nervous with what I was watching. I know they're always behind the defense in spring ball, uh, but just thoroughly impressed, ecstatic for this team. I know a lot of people are excited about them and got to keep getting better each week.
1: Yeah, I I thought the the, the overarching story for me, Eric, was just the overall depth of talent. To be down eight starters, four on offense, four on defense, and even when they were rotating yeah. guys, Fo too was the third leading tackler at linebacker. He got off his mission in like February or March, and the guy's already on the field making a difference and making tackles. I just one through eighty-five, and you mentioned Florida's got dudes and talent. Utah's talent was better top to bottom than Florida's, and you didn't, you couldn't have said that four or five years ago. So to me. Uh-huh. You know Barnes played well. You had great, but but to me, just the overall talent being down eight starters in an opening game, no turnovers, and just overall talent was was that was a story to me.
5: Hundred percent agree. Uh, you know, from top to bottom, it's it's taken us some time to build that depth, but to be down as many starters as we did and to have no drop off uh shows the the type of talent we have and the type of coaching we have to build that depth take time on the guys that within our program and then they get that opportunity they make the most of it uh you know it'll be interesting moving forward uh you know some people say our running game was pretty you know not as potent as it, as it normally is but i mean everyone needs to remember like that that is top notch talent we're playing against and you could say what you want about Coaching and, and philosophy and whatnot, but that's real dudes over there. And obviously, there's room for improvement. But bottom line is that game was a blowout until the fourth quarter, and then it was it was never in doubt. And we, everybody know knew that we put it down and put it on them fairly easily uh, with half you know a majority of our guys not in the game.
1: Talked to Cam an hour ago. He's not sure yet if he's going to play. He's practicing fully, but you know, even once you start practicing fully. You've got to get back up to that speed where everybody else was, so they've got to clear that. Do you feel okay if Barnes and Johnson go again this week with another set of reps and and starting game plan under their belt? If they go Saturday, you feel good about that?
5: Oh, 100%. We're going to blow out Baylor. Baylor's terrible. They were were Saturday. uh, Yeah, they were terrible last year. So when I watched one of their games, and I I don't know, I think it was the game that BYU beat them, I'm like, how does the team even rank? They, they can't even throw the ball. So uh, I fully expect us to get, be even better, blow them out in their place, and move on to next week.
1: Put on your coaching cap. Not the coaches ever take those off, as, as we just said about Sean uh-huh. Payton. Uh, where would you like to see Utah take a step forward on both offense and defense this week?
4: Oh,
5: shoot. Uh, offensively, it'd be more efficient on first and second down uh meaning running the running the football creating more big plays in the passing game you know i love the the hard play action deep over with the corner post off that like that's that's awesome i think that's who we are uh and it's it's tough to stop defensively if you got a a team running the ball at a, at a 3 to 5 7 yards a clip it's going to be a long day for you uh so i want to see that i want to see just er, more success early downs uh, I think when we spread them out and, and get on the perimeter and run, like, I, I was really impressed with Nate and Barnes on the perimeter throwing the ball and running the football. So I, I think that's going to continue to be a strength for us. Uh, and defensively, just what are we, right? Like, is our expectation to just be good or is the expectation to be one of the best defenses in the entire country? And that is the approach that we need to take moving forward as we did against Florida. Like, don't don't take a step back because it's Baylor. Let's take a step forward and just destroy them and, and help make them understand by halftime they have no business being on the same field as us.
1: Did you see any of the Colorado TCU game?
5: Uh, I only saw the highlights. I wanted to ask, I mean, I, I looked at the stats and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw some of the game in and out, not, not a lot, but I could, I could talk on it.
1: No, so. I, I just wanted to, add, well, I was impressed by Colorado. I didn't have any idea if they could create a chemistry and cohesion with 75 new guys in a short period. They did a really good job of that. But I wanted to ask you about Travis Hunter, the young man. That's the two way oh player. Gosh. He played, Eric, Incredible. he played 129 snaps. He made big plays on offense, and he made that unbelievable read, jump on the ball on the goal line interception, too. Talk about how difficult, obviously at the pro level his coach did it, which is almost unheard of, but even at the high collegiate level, you did it a little bit, but he's literally a starting wide receiver and the starting lockdown corner. Tell the audience how difficult that is to do, especially at the Power 5 level.
5: Holy smokes, it's, it's hard to even, uh, comprehend what Travis did. I mean, if, uh, if he's not, like, talked about, and we don't know how the whole season's going, I'm a little skeptical about how good Colorado gets. TC is not a very good team this year, and I'd be shocked if they win more than four games this year. They're, They're just, they're not very good. And Colorado's defense is not, not good, but you talk about those skill guys, and Sanders at quarterback, and Hunter, I mean, they do got some talent, obviously. And what Hunter can do on both sides of the ball, it's just like, when's the last time someone truly played both sides of the ball, like literally every snap? I mean, I, I don't even know if like Charles Woodson did it back in the day. Uh, it, it could possibly be like one of the few, uh, the few monumental things in college football that may Never be done if he can continue doing it, which I hope he does. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's awesome. It's, as a fan, you're like, what's this guy going to do? Can he keep it up? We'll see. I hope so, like health wise and, but it's a challenge to learn both sides of the ball, the mental fortitude to be able to uh, recognize that and study that and prepare yourself for that. And then physically, holy smokes. And that was, if he's not number one in Heisman, like if he continues this on, like Sanders had a great game, but like, Four, three of the four touchdowns were on flat routes, and the yeah. guy ran for eighty yards each time. Like, let's not let's not think like he's just throwing bombs or throwing fifteen yard in-cuts through second windows. Like, let's not let's not get it. Now, can he do it? Probably, but let's let's not anoint the guy. Let's see a uh, 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 you know a um, bigger plate sample size. But to, to complete thirty eight balls, I don't care what defense they're running. That is. Remarkable. So they're they got they're fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see. I think they win the next two games. USC, I think that game's like 70 to 60. <laughs> uh, not, neither can play any defense. Uh, maybe they win. That shocked the world. That'd be cool. Uh, love seeing SC lose. And then Oregon will be a tougher match. But as they go through the league games, we'll see what really is this Colorado all about.
1: Uh, before I let you go, NFL begins tonight, Chiefs-Lions. But I wanted to ask you about your old team, the Ravens. Um, they finally it looks like have put some weapons around Lamar Jackson, and he's back. He's got his new deal. He looks like he's got weapons in the pass game. Andrews is back. Some running backs. Defense may not be as quite as good. They've got some. Your guy Marlon Humphrey, I think, is hurt or what? We'll see. But what do you think the Ravens look like? What do you think Lamar looks like this year with with a, an offense that's actually going to let him? kind of open things up and not just concentrate on the run with Munkin at at, at the offensive coordinator and some weapons around him?
0: yeah it's
1: uh you know
5: everyone's been clamoring for this right uh let's spread it out let's throw it around the field uh, it's gonna be a lot of pressure on Lamar and and he probably knows this obviously and he's got to be on time and a rhythm in the pocket throw if you if you're gonna try to get it out to these guys on the perimeter we know what he can do in the run game we know what he can do outside the pocket but to win games uh and, and in my opinion when in the playoffs and win a championship you got to be able to throw those pressure pack throws in the pocket on time when you know what they're doing defensively you know that blitz is coming that on that third step or fifth step that ball needs to come out on time in the right spot can you do it uh when the defenses are going to take away your first second third read or your top four or five plays uh when it's crunch time so I'm interested to see if they can do it. I think he'll be successful because Lamar is an incredible talent and with the weapons around him. Uh, but it's still, you gotta go do it and it's gonna be different. Are they gonna be able to be successful? Uh,
3: It's time to talk Pac-12 football. This is the Pac-12 Insider here on ESPN 700. The Pac-12 Insider is presented by Sound Warehouse. Now for the latest on Pac-12 football, here's the Pac-12 Insider here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: If only I could have been sitting next to Sean O'Connell last Saturday morning Around 10.30, 10.45, 11 a.m. as his beloved Colorado Buffaloes moved up and down the field of the TCU Horn Frogs last week. I would have loved to have seen the reaction, Sean, while he went to school at both Utah and his proud alma mater Weber State, he is a dyed-in-the-wool Colorado football fan. So I was curious to hear his reaction to Dion's, or if you prefer, Coach Prime's debut last week in Fort Worth. So Sean joins us right now for that and a few other things. Of course, you can catch him on SiriusXM, Pac-12 Radio with Jeff Schwartz and Guy Haberman and that crew. And sometimes doing a little Friday night PFL fighting, too, on ESPN. Hello, Sean. Hey, Bill. So, uh... What would you think? I was quite impressed with the way they played, at least on the offensive side of the football, how crisp, how clean, how organized they looked. What about you?
7: Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit surprised that the team played, you know, so cohesively that they appeared to be pretty disciplined. Um, all of that is team culture, and that's stuff that usually takes a little bit of time to establish, and, and Coach Prime has done it with remarkable expediency in Boulder. I think there's still certainly a lot of flaws with this team, uh, even though they have a, a ton of skilled talent. When they play teams that are a little bit thicker through the middle, a little bit more firm up front, um, they're going to have a hard time. But that win was enough for me to readjust my expectations of what the season looks like for Colorado, win totals, you know, bowl eligibility, all that stuff. I, I was very impressed with what they did.
1: How much do you adjust? I'm waiting to adjust. I think they'll be better than the three I predicted. I'm not sure how much better. I think I'll get a little bit better feel for them against a Nebraska team that's probably a little better defensively than TCU and will certainly try to run the football, which I'm still not quite sure why Kendall Bryles didn't run it more. They had great success running it, but how much are you adjusting?
7: Probably, you know, making
1: them a 6-6,
7: a six and six, like a bowl team this year. Okay. I,
1: I thought that they'd be have
7: three, four wins. Look, I, I don't think that they're going to be competing for a Pac-12 championship. I don't think that when they play teams like Utah, teams like USC, teams like Oregon, which USC and Oregon are coming up pretty quick for Colorado, by the way. I think that we see a little bit of regression to the mean there, but I, I don't want to take anything away from what they've done in a very short time. This is not how good the product was supposed to look. And uh, if it continues to look anything like that, they'll be able to beat Nebraska this weekend. They'll be able to beat Colorado state the weekend after that, they'll be able to beat the, you know, the Arizona states of the world. And, and that's, that's impressive because they were the worst roster in all of power five football last year.
1: Yeah. The most impressive thing to me was what you just mentioned. Cause I wasn't sure if you could create it in a short with 75 new players, Culture, cohesion, chemistry, and it appears all that stuff is there. The other thing that impressed me was Travis Hunter. I don't know how you couldn't be impressed with what that young man did. Uh, 129 snaps. I just talked to our friend Eric Weddle before you jumped on, and Weddle knows a little bit of something about playing two ways in college, and he was wowed by by what Hunter did too.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, I know that the hype train is already chugging along, but if he can do that in like six important games, then you're talking about a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yep. You know, I, I don't think you do that to him. I don't think you ask him to do that against Colorado State, for example. Just the sustainability of it seems kind of absurd. And and even though Coach Prime knows better than any other coach in college football, the demands of being not just a two-way athlete, but a two-sport pro athlete, I think that even he has to be realistic about, um, you know, the, the limitations of the human body, like – Travis Hunter's human body is not like even most other division one athletes, but it's still human. So asking him to play 140 snaps in 12 games is just going to be too much. But if you, if you save that kind of workload for the important games, for the games against ranked teams and, and he can perform anything close to what he did against TCU, uh, then he deserves to be talked about as, you know, one of the best, if not the best players in all of college football.
1: Our friend and Pac-12 insider Sean O'Connell with us here on the Bill Riley Show today. Utah will go to Baylor Saturday. We're still not sure. Cam was on an hour, hour and a half ago. He's practicing, but he hasn't said one way or another. That'll probably be a Friday, Saturday morning decision. But did you see enough from guys like uh, Bryson Barnes and and Nate Johnson to feel good if they have to go another week that they could beat Baylor on the road? Absolutely. And you know
7: that I'm probably... You know, uh, I'm rooting for Bryson Barnes even more than most people are. I'm higher on Bryson Barnes than a lot of people are because I know that there's a lot of, you know, unsung recruits, a lot of walk on players out there who can be good contributors. And congratulations to him for finally earning his scholarship. I think that was long overdue. But like, if you just watch the film, right? Coach Ludwig put Bryson Barnes in a situation to be successful. He knows what the limitations are and where there are not limitations. He knows that you can trust Bryson to make good decisions with the football. He knows that Bryson has a good enough arm to put the ball downfield a little bit. You probably don't want to ask him to do everything that you ask Cam to do or that you're asking Nate Johnson to do in those packages, obviously, but they put him in good situations and actually his stat line should have been a little bit better. You know, um, you had Pittman drops, uh, dropped a big ball that would have been at least a first down would have gone for 20 plus yards. So like, I think. I can trust Bryson Barnes as long as you have the kind of defensive production that you had. And I think, you know, at least offensively, Baylor with a backup quarterback is going to be fighting an uphill battle against the Utah defense. So if Cam can't go, I'm still very confident this Utah team can win on the road in Waco.
1: I think they could have thrown the ball more, Sean. I think Bryson Barnes could have very easily thrown. I think they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. I even talked to Andy Ludwig earlier this week. And he said he he didn't do a good job in the rotation with the quarterbacks, which kind of tells me that I think he he probably would would probably have thrown the ball maybe a little bit more with Bryson. We'll see what happens, but I kind of felt like there was there were plays to be made in the past game if they wouldn't have been up three touchdowns. We might have seen that,
7: yeah, you're probably right, and it, coaches just like players kind of have to get into into form right. And especially when you're dealing with the variables that Coach Ludwig and the rest of that offensive staff were dealing with, of the uncertainty about Cam, and and you know even in camp and figuring out install and what will work with Cam, what will not work uh, if Cam is is out. So, I, you got to give a little bit of of wiggle room and some forgiveness to an imperfect game plan or an imperfect rotation in a two quarterback system. Um, I don't think there is such thing as a perfect two quarterback system. You got to let guys. Get into a rhythm if you're going to be passing a lot. And, you know, the the thing that mattered most was the defense and some key plays really from the passing game got you a win that you absolutely needed on your home field to start a season, you know, against an SEC squad. Like, if you lost that game, it's going to be really hard to recover from the reputation standpoint. But got the job done. And now you move on to Baylor.
1: Concern, if any, heading to Waco on Saturday for Utah? I just want to see them
7: like actually establish the run and be a Utah football team in that regard. They did not do a good job running the ball. Kyle Whittingham said it. The offensive line is supposed to be an experienced, powerful group. They did not do a good job of opening holes and getting drive and all that kind of stuff. And I get it. Florida has, you know, some big body defensive linemen, but that's not the Georgia D line. All right. That's that's not Alabama's D-line. Florida is not that school right now. So Utah should have gone for 200-plus yards against Florida, and they barely cracked 100. I want to see them do that against Baylor. You know, just take some pressure off of everything else offensively. Take some pressure off of your quarterback situation, whether it's Cam or Nate or Bryson or whoever, and run the football. You you absolutely have to be able to do that, especially with the way things are shaping up in the Pac-12 conference because – if you have to get into these like boat race track meet games cuz you can't run the football and you can't slow things down when you have possession, Washington is going to beat you. USC is going to beat you. Maybe Colorado is going to beat you because they can go fast and they can spread the ball out and they can get, you know, points on the board very quickly. So that's what I want to see is Utah be more of itself and run and run the ball well.
1: I liked what Eric told me too. He goes does, uh, he, what he wants to see is, does this Utah defense want to be good or do they want to be great? Because if they want to be great, they back up their effort and they're even better than they were a week ago against Florida this week against Baylor's backup quarterback.
7: Yeah, no, that's a great point, obviously. I mean, the GOAT, he's going to make those kind of points. And he's coaching now, so this is yeah. a, the, the thing that he's like looking into, right? But, but, yeah, look, I mean, is this Sac Lake City or is it not? It's a fun little phrase. It's a fun little moniker but you better be putting up serious pass rushing numbers because of the personnel that you have. Even with all the guys that we saw out last week, you were able to do that against Florida. Who's got big bodies like Jonah Ellis. His get off is elite. I mean like across the country elite. If that guy and Van Fillinger a little bit healthier and Connor O'Toole coming back a little bit healthier and the pressure you can get from the inside, uh man, Keanu Tanuvasa was unbelievable. Are you Sack Lake City or are you not? This is a game where you can start to reestablish that you really are.
1: All right, last thing for Sean O'Connell before we cut him loose. Taking Utah and Colorado out of the mix, it was still a 10-0 and weekend for the Pac-12. Who impressed you the most not named Colorado or not named Utah on last weekend for the, for the Pac-12? Will
7: you be bothered if I say Cal? No. Like... Cal wasn't supposed to be anything spectacular offensively, right? Cal was like Utah, or not even like Utah, because Cam would eventually be the guy. But Cal was one of these schools where it's like, well, who's the, who's the quarterback going to be? Is it Sam Jackson? Is he the answer? And then he goes down, and you bring in a backup, and you put up 58 points. I know it was North Texas. I know that's not the best defense any Pac-12 team is going to face this year. But Cal was not supposed to be capable of scoring that many points against the JUCO squad, and they came out and they imposed their will. So congratulations to Cal. I mean, that that's a, a team that fought hard, played hard, and through all of this conversation about realignment and stuff, they were such an afterthought, and they were so disrespected. So for them to come out and put on a performance like that, I was impressed.
1: All right, fair enough. I didn't see that coming, but I, I like that. Beating the mean green is never easy to do, so they – they took care of business. By the way, are are you done on television till November? Is that when the World Championships come back, or do you have some other events between now and then?
7: We've got some PFL Europe events. Um, so yeah, Black Friday is going to be our our global season million dollar championships. Um, we're doing a little like European feeder league thing. So I, I get to go to Paris at the end of September, and I get to go to Dublin in the beginning of December uh, for those events. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're just about. Done and dusted on the PFL season. Just one more championship event where six weight classes
1: will see a new champion crowned and a million dollar prize handed out to each of them. That one's got a little special meaning for you, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, we're this is we're coming up on the five year anniversary of when I won my championship and my million dollar prize. So you know, it's uh, it's cool, and I love watching the the storylines of all these people. Some of them like me. Some of them who had some you know success that went up and down some of them who are uh, newcomers and young rising stars in the sport so it's a it's a nice little mix and I get to be there to help tell the story for all of it it's it's awesome and it keeps me from making a bad decision and coming out of retirement
1: <laughs> there are very few people in this world that I know that could win a million dollars who wants to be a millionaire in a chair or in a fighting league My friend Sean O'Connell could probably challenge He's already won the million in the ring. That's the harder of the two parts, but you could probably sit him down across from Regis or or Meredith Vieira, and he he might have a chance there, too. So you're in rarefied air there. I'd like to see you get in that chair and try and win the million there, too.
7: As long as you will be my phone-a-friend on, like, obscure
1: sports facts, I think I got a chance. Obscure sports facts and great shoe game, too. You and I both are, are pretty good there. By the way, do you own any Travis Scott's?
7: I do not own any Travis Scott. I'm, uh, I'm not enamored with Travis Scott as an artist or as an individual, so okay. I, don't, uh, I don't venture into the, the footwear. Do you own any Travis
1: Scott? I don't. We're giving away some Travis Scott tickets, though, next, so I figured I'd... I...
3: If you're seeking to expand your business and maintain its resilience, FM Global is your ideal property insurance partner. Backed by more than 180 years of engineering expertise and scientific research, we offer cutting-edge solutions to safeguard your business today, ensuring your prosperity tomorrow. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people.